This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, the creepier this interview goes, the better, I think. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, real, I'm a real creep. So, uh, should, yes. yeah. Yeah, we've been obsessing it. over your book for since we started reading it. I Definitely. inhaled it in a matter of days. And um, like I told you, I bought it immediately and had to buy one for my mom. And I look forward to her being like, what? It's hard to compete with Orlando, but. I know, right? (laughs) We're number one. (laughs) CPAC is there right now. Oh, fantastic. Orlando of the North. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Chicago, the Orlando of the North. That's good. Uh, If anyone heard that and can make me a sticker that says that. I'm Alex Higley. And I'm Lindsay Hunter. And, and I'm, I'm a writer, writer but... Welcome to I'm a Writer, but uh, today on the show we have Adam O'Fallon Price. Adam is a writer and writing teacher who lives in Carborough, North Carolina. He has published two novels, The Grand Tour from Doubleday in 2016 and The Hotel Never Sink from Tin House Books in 2019, which won the 2020 Edgar Award for Best Paperback Original. His stories have appeared in Harper's, The Paris Review, Granta, Vice, and many other places, and his criticism and essays appear frequently in venues like The Paris Review Online, Electric Lit, Plowshares, and The Millions, where he's a staff writer. Adam, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. We're excited. Um, yeah, this is great. And we've I we've already been talking and laughing for like 20 minutes. So I hope that some <laughs> of I hope some of that stuff like gets onto the you know, I mean it was a great warm-up. The magic of editing. Yes. Yeah. So no, this is great. I love your podcast. Um, it's yeah, it's really good. It's in my, it's in my rotation. Um, and, uh, you guys have good voices, which is important. I think people underestimate the importance of that. Like the, the good voice mix, you know, who, who do you think is the whole? (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard that term before? No. That's what they used to call the woman. In a, oh in a like, a, like in a shock jock situation. Whoa! Yeah, I'll do the whole. Wait, they call it in, in, in what in what kind of situation? Like in a shock jock, like you would, or like in a like in a morning DJ situation. There'd really? be like the main man, and then there'd be like his like comedic sidekick, and then there'd be the whole. 
the hole? Is it for like the, the as sexist a reason as I would? I, I believe so. Reason as I, I'm going to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like the Donnie and the snake and the hole. And Karen, the hole. And Karen, Karen the hole. <laughs> you can't hey. see Karen. She's in I think, room. I think Alex is definitely the hole. Definitely. Oh, yeah. No, no I own it. I own it. I own it. <laughs> That's just reverse sexism. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Got to make do with that, I guess. Definitely. I'm sorry I sullied this podcast with that information. I'll strike it from it. the record. I've never, okay. I've never heard that. It's fucking horrible. It's bad. Did you uh, have something you wanted to read for us today? Yeah, I'm going to read uh, the a few pages from this um, a story that's out on submission right now. And uh, it's a, basically, it's called The Volcano, the story is. And it's about this couple... Um, excuse me, uh, trying to go on vacation to uh, Madrid and getting stuck at the airport, basically. So, um, yeah. So, uh, and I'm starting like page four, basically, but I, th- I think it'll make sense. Um, IDs and boarding passes produced, bags and bodies x-rayed, shoes removed and put back on for no good reason. They found themselves standing before a departures board that told them their flight had been delayed. Of course, said Richard, what I don't understand is why they don't always tell you it's going to be three hours later than it is. Fuck. He leaned with pleasure into the word, its initial fricative lippiness followed by the dumb exhale of air running into the glottal stop of the throat. Sometimes it almost felt worth having a thing go wrong to justify a really good fuck. Can you not, can I not what? Curse in front of people. There was no one around them that he could see, just a businessman monologuing into a Bluetooth earpiece. What people? There's a child. The only child he could see was at least 30 feet away from them, engrossed in some some bright plastic device. Where? Just take a deep breath, okay? Don't bring additional suffering into this. This was all standard. Something bad happened, he reacted, and she would react to his reaction, usually with some nugget of Eastern wisdom gleaned from years of yogic mindfulness that tended to further aggravate him. This despite the fact that that she was, in fact, just as disappointed or frustrated or angry as he was but her anger had to first percolate up through a pr- protective scrim of new age philosophy before it could manifest, usually as a delayed and mysterious bad mood. A frazzled looking agent at the departure gate looked up from her computer at their approach. Richard assumed jauntiness was the intended effect of the woman's neckerchief, but it missed the mark. Combined with the bags under her eyes and the nimbus of her dry reddish hair, it seemed almost surgical, like a bandage present- preventing her head from falling off. She told him that the delay was due to a volcanic eruption in Iceland or thereabouts, somewhere in the eccentric path flight 2407 would take to Iberia. A volcano, said Richard? I'm afraid so. Do you know when, he paused looking for the phraseology, the volcano will finish erupting? No. They moved away and stood in front of an electronic billboard cycling every 10 or so so seconds between ads for the Washington Post a, lo- a local dry cleaning chain, the ballet, and a TSA admonishment to not leave your bags attended, unattended as though there were a single person in America who would still do that at this point. A fucking volcano, he said. It's not as though we have control over it, she said. There's no sense in getting angry about it. You say that like I think we have control over it or that I think getting angry about it is sensible or that the only things worth getting angry about are things we have control over. Okay, Richard. He felt himself on a roll and leaned into it. I'm just expressing momentary unhappiness over something I wish wasn't taking place. Can you give me a a minute not to be happy about it? I'm not proposing ritual suicide. Jesus, I'm I'm just saying let's make the best of things. 
A nearby Chili's was already filling up with other delayed travelers at nine in the morning. Suitcases barricaded the bar and the place already had the feel of a bunker. There was a collective understanding that the delays would build and build and that the tables in place would become exponentially more valuable as the day wore on. There was a weird excitement as everyone within earshot discussed the same thing, occupied more or less the same mental space. When else did this happen? Holidays, sporting events, movies, and the foreshortened line of faces at the bar all wore, all wore the same look of grim festivity. The waitress was overwhelmed, barely able to stammer out her opening spiel. Just water, said Julia. I'll have a, he looked at the laminated rectangle, Cadillac Margarita. Richard, really, it's 9 a.m. What, I'm making the best of things, like you said. The waitress hurried away and Julia said, such spontaneity, you'll regret this in about two hours. I already regret it. He was sorry as soon as he'd said it. How had, how had he been married to this woman, this exquisitely sensitive woman, for 10 years and not yet learned to hold his tongue? No better than he'd ever been at resisting a cutting remark. She frowned inwardly, a pained look he'd first encountered when they'd met at an English grad student party in 2007. She'd been a law student, which technically counted, she joked. It had been some grotty dump one or the other English PhD candidates rented, and she'd been standing in the kitchen with a glass of wine, looking pretty and nervous. Uncharacteristically, he'd introduced himself, having had a couple of beers already. Upon learning that she was a law student, he'd pointed out the window and told her Tuckahoe's was that way, Tuckahoe's being the shitty, expensive cocktail lounge and meat market that the law and MBA students seemed to favor. Her face had crumpled, and he'd had to Im immediately backtrack and apologize, a dynamic he hadn't known at the time he'd be engaged in for the next decade. Do what you want, she said now, putting in her earbuds. Christ, can you not? Can I not what? Give me the silent treatment. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. Of course you didn't. Why would you mean to upset me? Only an idiot or a sociopath would mean to upset someone, and you were neither of those things. What am I then? The waitress dropped off their drinks and was summoned to another table before she could take their food order. The enormous drink before him resembled a child's cowboy hat turned upside down, and he felt clownish, risable. How much had this thing cost? Forty dollars? She was looking at him, arms crossed, and he said, no, I know an asshole. Had he always felt like an asshole before he'd met her? It was hard to remember now. He'd always been known for and prided himself on his sharp wit and a certain prickliness in his demeanor, but he'd always had many friends and never considered the possibility that he was actually an unkind person until he met her. Their dynamic from the outset had been one of victimizer and victim. Even when she was unquestionably egregiously in the wrong about something, the ensuing argument would immediately refocus on the way he'd talked about her, how, she, how he'd made her feel. There was no winning and wanting to win, as more than one relationship counselor had told him, as well he knew at this point was the problem. She put her earbuds in and he could vaguely hear the tinny voice of her spiritual lodestar du jour. Breathe, find the center, let it go. Sipping his drink while his eyeballs idly registered ESPN tennis highlights on the bar TV, he realized that he'd always felt obscurely attacked by her meditative practice, as though she'd started doing it to put up with him. But the thing was, maybe, probably, Almost certainly now that he really thought about it, she had. I knew when he said, I'll have a, that it was going to be great, whatever he was about to order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. I would also order the cowboy margarita. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to be stuck, stuck there, um, definitely. Do you like have... to read? Do you like to read your work? I don't. I'm not a, I'm not a reader. <laughs> um, and I know that you're you're like a really good reader, right? Like you love it. 
You're a good I, I do. I, I do you love guys it. Are both, yeah. And, and Alex is, you're a good reader too. He is. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm not good at it. I don't like it. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's just not my thing. You Even are good at uh, it. Yeah. Oh, you nice. are good at it. Even with a like performance background, like playing music, so many shows and stuff, it's not something to feel. Does it feel different? It, I'm. I get much more nervous like reading than I do playing a a, a rock show, which like I don't get nervous. Like for like 500 people, it's not nerve wracking at all. Um, but why do you like, think that is? I don't. I mean, partly it's just experience, I guess. Like I'm just more used to do. You know, I was in a band from when I was. 15 until you know 30 um all through my 20s and uh so i mean i think it's partly just just reps but um you know when you're when you're playing in a band there's other people with you you have a music, you have a you know instrument is kind of like a shield and there's a lot of noise and lights and you know whatever and um you know, and you've done a ton of cocaine, so you're really, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I don't know. It's like then versus reading for like, you know, 10 people is just so much more intimate and, uh, you know, kind of vulnerable feeling, I guess, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I used to get the flops wet. I used to, uh, I used to get those breaths that would get caught in your throat, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So like, like you would think you were about to get a really good breath and then it would just stay there. And so then you'd be like, okay, at the next period, I'm going to like get that breath. And then you'd end up talking like this. And yeah. Yeah. I would, really I, would the, I would just get the burps. Like I get a burp, <laughs> you know, like where you're you, like the jinx, like... that guy in the jinx. What's his name? Oh, Durst. Yeah. Durst. Oh, did, did you ever... watch that? Yeah. He started burping when like it, <laughs> when they got really close to nailing him for this murder. Oh God. He started being like, <laughs> that's totally that's totally what i'm like um yeah uh the the, the burps yeah the the i don't know plus you know i'm not like uh there's i think people who are really good at reading are also kind of have like sort of a there's like a dramatic quality to it there's an actory quality i think the people who are really good at it and i've always been a terrible actor and so yeah I don't know, you, you, but you're, you're, I mean, you're great at it, right, Lindsay? Like you're, you had like a, didn't you have a reading series? And- I did. And I, uh, I mean, partly, partly did that so that I would get better at it and feel yeah. more comfortable doing it. And also, cause I got tired of going to readings that sucked so hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my first, my first like few, my first experiences reading, I, I was terrified. I was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think like what changed, uh, reps, like Adam was saying. Yeah. I think maybe even like I started, I started thinking about reading it out loud as I was writing and I got excited about that. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, you had but. some serious constraints for the quickie stuff too, though. It's not like you were coming in and adapting, you know, taking a piece of the novel you're working on and reading that you, you, it was always yeah, that's like, not allowed. No, you had to I, you had to read a complete story. It started. Yeah. You had to read a complete story, no poetry, no excerpts, um, in five minutes or less. And then we we that got too easy for people after a couple of years. So we, we moved it down to four minutes or less. Yeah, four oh, wow. was tough. I remember the mm-hmm. I wrote a new piece for it with a title I was so proud of, 
the rural internet. Love that. Oh. Uh, don't remember what it was about. Just remember the title. But yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, four minutes is tough. It's yeah. like you, you do feel yeah. like it's either got to be a minute shorter or a minute longer. Like it, mm-hmm. I feel like if it juts you into an extra paragraph, you're not ready to cut mm-hmm. off halfway or something. I'm proud to say I never got whistled off. Mary got whistled off, my co-host, and I never... Wow. I, I would like you're keeping stats. I would not breathe so that I could get in under that wire. Oh <laughs> it was like the micro machines guy, like the end. Yeah, would you just read really fast or I did, and that was part nerves too. I think I'm a fast reader in general. And like yeah. even when I'm reading to my kids, like sometimes I'll hear myself and I'm just like whipping through the pages. Um yeah. but I think I think I just talk fast and I always nervous so mm-hmm. yeah I, I just I can't I always feel like I'm I want to read faster but then it feels too fast so I kind of like artificially slow myself down and me too that's what I do yeah, yeah. Slow down. and then the the dialogue how do you do do you do different voice I just you know like <laughs> voices or whatever like I, I don't know I, like- I have all my dialogue they all sound like uh <laughs> the same they all sound like I feel like they all just sound like my dad <laughs> yeah yeah i mean just like how do you read it do you try to like act the you know it's i, I can't ever i can't i just can't get it i don't know yeah yeah it's tough inflection it's tough. inflection yeah what's italicized it's a whole, it's a whole yeah. thing yeah it's it's nerve-wracking <laughs> alex and i uh as we mentioned previously read the, the hotel never sink and absolutely devoured it and we keep we keep talking about the structure of it and um, he keeps referring to it as a novel in stories. And I don't, I don't know that I fully agree on that. Um, And so I'd like us to fight about that for a little bit, Um, but, but maybe (laughs) instead of that, we would, I think we would really love to hear you talk about like how, like, how did the structure come to you? Like, you know, how did it, how did it become what it is? Yeah. So it, it really was a novel in stories at first, like that I- uh... God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> got a Higgs, Higgs takes this one, but uh... <laughs> point Higgs. Um, but so basically I I got the, uh, you know, I got the idea for it. I, I got the, you know, whatever we like, uh, I got the idea for to write about this place and I really liked it and I started writing you know, these, oh, like, oh, the, you know, this, the, it's all people who stayed there or worked there or whatever. And I, I was really, at the time, I wrote a lot more stories, short stories at that point than I kind of do now. And I really wanted to write a novel on stories, you know, and I was like, this is the perfect vehicle for this, you know, and, um, and so I, I took it like 100 pages, my agent, and she was like, oh, God, no, please do not do a novel on stories, you know. Uh, are you serious <laughs> yeah yeah um and I was like but I really want to and she was like well okay but like you can't sell them like you cannot sell what novels and stories you know um yeah she was like publishers she's like there's been like one that was successful in the last you know like whatever uh, goon squad you know oh well right. what about um all of Kittredge right all the, I know well that was both I Pulitzer love winners Right, right. I know. There's, there's like, there's a, a handful, but you know, I think it's one of those. At least at the time, it was. It felt like one of those publishing industry things that, like, editors just. It's an article of faith that, like, nobody wants. 
novels and stories. Basically. Um, and but actually, yeah, I I I think I I was really into Olive Kittredge. Like I love that book. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so good. And uh, so yeah, so so I was like, well, fuck it. I'm I want I'm gonna keep going. I, I want to do you know I want to what I'm doing. Like and so I wrote the whole thing, and I gave it back to her, and she was like you know, what did I tell you? <laughs> like, oh, are you fucking stupid? What, what did I tell you? And, uh, You're like, I thought you were my, kidding. My agent is very nice, but like, she, you know, in a very nice way, she was like, yeah, so like I said, novels and stories are hard to sell. Like, we need to figure, like, she was like, I think you need to make the, the, the murder thing more central. Because there mm -hmm. was, in the original thing, it was like, yeah, there's like a little murderiness in like a couple of couple of the stories but it wasn't like really the point of the book and so the, the kind of the 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 revision process was over the next like year or two kind of developing that um the the disappearances of the children and the murder and the identity of the murderer as sort of the spine of the book basically mm -hmm. um so, you know to to the point where I do think it's like functionally a novel now but it's like it's sort of its DNA is kind of novel and stories still, I think. I really love how the, um, like you don't, it's not heavy handed, the horror. And because of that, it, feel, it feels truly horrifying when you get to oh. see those things. Um, and, you know, some things are, are explained and some things are not explained. And, and it just feels, um, it feels like exactly what I want to read like all the time. <laughs> I, like it's, it's just so well done. Um, I think that's just hard to do. I think horror is hard. Horror is hard. Um, I mean, I don't think it's horror, but um, yeah, when I was, when I was sort of working on the, the murder part and like, I was trying to figure out who the, cause I didn't figure out who the murderer was until like, the very last thing like that was almost the last thing I figured out about the book um and so I there were all these different revisions where I was like kind of played with it like having sort of these interstitial chapters where it's like on the first person narrate like the 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 psychopathic first you know whatever like and it was just fucking bad you know just like <laughs> just, just like the more the more of it that the more of that that there was the worse it was kind of because it was just like I had this read this whole thing with like this like biblical shit and it just like it was just like cheesy garbage you know it just felt like I had true detective or so or like the worst part of true detective or something you know like just like that really like stupid serial killery kind of shit you know mm -hmm. and I was just like it, hold on really I'm just um I'm just deleting my whole novel while you're talking <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh no! Are you doing a, a serial no. killer thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> are you? I'm not. There is a murder in my book. It's not a serial okay. killer book. <laughs> oh my god! Let's see. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I, I. I mean, I don't know. I just. I found with this project. I. I don't think it's like a universal rule. But it's just like less is more, you know, and it, and it yeah. is, and it is the the horror movie thing. Is I do think it's kind of axiomatic that it's like 
you know, it's always scarier before you see the monster. And then, yes. you, see the, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, it's a monster or whatever. But it's like the, you know, it's just kind of like the way it works. And that was with this, I was like, yeah, just barely having it in there is like the way to go, you know, mm-hmm. just ha- just being this like this shadow in the, the background kind of. Mm-hmm. And still the scariest stuff in the book, I think you could reasonably argue is the family history. I mean, yeah. The stuff with the mule, all all the build up to that. I mean, to me, that stuff is just as frightening ultimately as anything that connected to the murder. Um, I am really surprised to hear that is how you put it together, though, Adam. Because as you go through, it doesn't feel like jury rigged like that. Especially, especially when you reach the end and you realize, oh, I am going to be, I am going to learn who's responsible here. It's that that move, you know, it feels so intentional because it's strung through and, you know, it's not it doesn't it, it, I'm, I'm really surprised that uh, that that aspect of the novel was put in at the back half or in revision, I guess. That the, the, the murder and like the identity yeah, of the. Yeah, the just that killer. the murder, the murder wasn't central initially. Um, it's interesting. So were you finding yeah. yourself making making additions to characters and then having to kind of go through and say, okay, I put red here. I need red here, red here, red here. Like as you're going, I mean, like if you're painting like a detail in one corner, are you seeing yourself like weave that back through in revision or how were you, how were you approaching that? I, I honestly, at this point, I don't really remember Like it. it, I did so many drafts of that book. I mean, as you, as you guys both know, it's like, well, I don't know what your process is, but it's, it was just like hundreds of, you know, drafts. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I, you know, I, yes, I, I know that I did like, I, you know, it's like I tracked stuff through and like, you know, definitely towards the very end wrote a couple of at least one or two chapters to sort of be a little bit red herringy, like, cause you'd had to have like, you, you know, like, I don't think it's like a whodunit exactly, but you no. wanted to, you wanted to have enough plausible people in it that could have been the uh, the the killer, and um, so yeah, it kind of kind of, but that stuff was really like sort of reverse engineered kind of interesting, yeah, yeah. How, how early did you have the order and kind of have a set understanding of how these things were going to fall within the novel? Not early, like I. So the first one, the first chapter that I wrote was the. Um, the, the uh, I think it, I they all had story names, so I, I still think of them as the story name. But it's the um, the one in nineteen eighty mid eighties where it's the Polish Policeman's League comes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that one. That was the first one that I wrote. And, Whoa. Uh, yeah, and and so that was like what everything kind of branched off of, and I just wrote pretty willy nilly back and forth in time and you know, in the future and stuff. And I didn't realize it was going to, I would, I was being too clever with it kind of by half. And like at a certain, I had all these like sort of different structures that I was trying. And then I think my wife at some point was like, just fucking do it like chronologically. Why are you, I had, I had these like, you know, like the, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like the, char- You're like Charlie. Like the, the fucking like the strings and <laughs> I had like that kind of like, you know, like these charts and stuff and like, okay, well, it's like, it's like five acts and these are like the same types of thematic types of characters and, you know, like all the, that kind of stuff. 
and like one one from now and one from the past, you know, whatever. Like I just had this whole crazy thing, and my wife was like, "Just make it chronological." Like, why, <laughs> why are you doing this? Um, and she was right. And uh, that's awesome. You know, but does it, she does she read your work fun. before yes. you publish it? Mm-hmm. Is she yeah. a writer as well? She is. Yeah, she's uh, she's more of a she is working on her first book, and she's more of a sort of nonfiction memoir person. <gasps> So, oh, I'm so excited. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Um, she, like me, is sort of a, a late bloomer. And she, she, you know, did a fair amount of sacrificing when we got married to, like, go with me to Cornell, to Ithaca, and, like, so I could do my MFA and all that stuff. And so I feel like I'm kind of, it's like her time now, kind of, you know, trying to get her, get her launched. So. Yeah, she was like, it's chronological. Now get your shit off the wall so I can have the yeah, wall. Yeah, get all your string off the wall. I need, I need this wall. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you were like, genius. <laughs> Adam, talk to us a little bit about, uh, I'm going to use your words here, being a late bloomer. What is, uh, how did you reach where you are right now, teaching, publishing your second book? And uh, what does kind of your writing life look like to this point? Well, so, yeah, I, I have such a sort of like kind of ass backwards story and I, I'm going to try to do the really short version. But so, like I said, I was, uh, you know, when I was a, a teenager, I wanted to be a, a, a musician. I was always good at writing, but then I like just kind of discovered music. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to play rock music and whatever. And so I had this band in high school and then went to college, dropped out and I was in this band for a long time we toured and made like three albums and i played in a bunch of different bands did that whole thing and mayflies then, uh, usa if you're listening the mayflies, mayflies usa yep yeah, um excuse me god i have to burp so bad just, <laughs> who did you murder let her rip yeah let her rip this is a safe space okay cool <laughs> um so yeah I, I could do sort of like an asmr kind of burping <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. There's That's a, my kind of ASMR. This is just someone, someone burping for like 45 minutes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> drinking an entire can of LaCroix and bur- quietly burping. Um, do the alphabet. Burp. Do the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And I, I get kind of, in my late 20s, I was sort of done with that. And I, I wound up moving out to California because I had a friend out there. I got interested in the screenwriting. We wrote a bunch of screenplays together while I was out there. And we got, we never really went anywhere, but we got like, we got a manager and got like some, you know, good meetings and stuff. And it was like kind of fun, but I got sort of more, that got me back into writing kind of. And then I met my wife and she was like, you're a bartender and you're 33. Why don't you, why don't you fucking finish your degree you idiot uh, <laughs> i love her <laughs> yeah she's great um and uh because you know i was like halfway done with unc and so I, I did finish it i did the creative writing program and i got into I, I realized that i wanted to do it seriously i got into cornell went there you know whatever just got an agent started publishing um so and then we we moved to Iowa for a year and then we moved back here. Um, and I've been teaching at UNC ever since, but that's, but I didn't, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't publish my first novel till I was 40. Um, you know, and I, I really didn't start seriously writing until I was in my, you know, mid thirties probably. 
um, writing fiction, I mean, you know. So yeah, I, I, you know, I'm kind of came to, I, I feel like I just meet so many people who it's like they've just done it forever, you know, or like since they were young or in college and that wasn't my, that wasn't my path, but, you know. Were you reading a lot as you guys were touring or was it the kind of, th- was it the kind of thing where you, you know, you always maybe in the back of your mind were thinking, ah, maybe, you know, maybe, 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 or were you, were you reading differently, you know, when you guys were touring and stuff? I wasn't thinking about writing then. And, and I probably took a book with me. I had, I like in theory had a book, but we were, you know, probably like drinking constantly and, you know, doing what you do on the road. I don't, I don't think I got like a, a ton of like great reading. <laughs> reading uh, <laughs> You're going to have to reread stories. all those books in other words. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever garbage I was reading, it was probably like, you know, like on the road or some shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever considered, um, I kept thinking as I was reading the hotel, never sink that it would be such a great, like limited series on Hulu, isn't that God? That is so trashy of me to say. But oh, I, I did. Uh, why wonder, is that trashy to say? I don't know, because it, it is as it stands. It is truly wonderful. But I just wondered if you ever considered writing the screenplay for it or pitching it. Yeah, um, I'm doing some like. I think it's okay to say this. I'm doing some um, podcast writing, like narrative podcast writing for oh. for like a production company. Um, right now and so we're sort of developing it as a podcast yes Whoa. I love that yeah that's awesome perfect yeah yeah so yes I have thought about that and um, I don't know hopefully hopefully it'll it'll go because I think it would be it would be good yes that. oh yeah um, but yeah having to kind of like restructure it sort of with Alice as the main character oh. and her, yeah because she's the main detective right and it starts in the present time and she's like the detective like researching her family basically Whoa. Yeah. her chapter um and you know sorry this is gonna have spoilers in it but you know guys this book came out a few years ago so no. um her chapter where she's considering killing herself or de- trying to decide whether or not to kill herself and at the end <clears throat> realizes that that the, the way forward is down is so beautiful and utterly mm-hmm. believable um and you know Cause how do you write, you know, like, how do you write someone out of that mindset? Right. It, it can either just be totally false or it can be way too heavy handed or they kill themselves. Right. Like, and you found a way to write her out of that in a, such a great way. Um, and like, I've been saying to myself, like the only way forward is down. The only way forward is down. <laughs> um, so someone, if anyone's listening, make me a sticker that says that as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, were were you, I, was there a question? I, I just wanted you to. <laughs> <laughs> just to, talk, just to talk about I thought I you were going to ask Lindsay if she was okay. Are, 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 are you all right? Well, I mean, God, we that can happens pause, too often yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, we I love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, thank you. And uh, I, I do think, yeah, that it, I'm glad you think I, I, I did that. Well, I, I think I'm like kind of drawn to that. And maybe you guys know what I'm talking about with this, but um you know, like um, writing scenes or situations or like chapters or whatever that could really easily be bad, you know, like mm-hmm. when, when you sort of feel like you have your work kind of cut out for you where it's like, you know, that you're walking into kind of a, a, a minefield and it's like, you know, 
there's like 99 ways to do it bad and one way to do it good. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something about that, that challenge that always like kind of appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Like, totally. like places, like scenes and stuff that are very close to cliche or melodrama, you know, um, like I like. Yeah, I think it's similar to like you discovering, like as you were writing this first person serial killer, you know, like you you discovered that that wasn't the way to do that, right? Like, and and there's a million ways to do it, like you're saying, and there's one way to do it that feels authentic to what you're what you're doing, and it and you know you had to do it with Alice, and you had to do it with the murders as a whole, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not yeah, easy. Yeah. It's not, and like sort of. I like I like the feeling of like kind of writing that line and like getting close to writing something bad, but <laughs> you know, yeah. but like like sort of staying on the walking by on the edge of sort of the, the 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 cliff of taste where you can fall off into the you know the the sea of bad taste, <laughs> but you're, and you're like right on, right on the edge. <laughs> Just your little toes are like. <laughs> yeah, there's like the, the like the you know dirt crumbling into the, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I like that. There's, I like that. Um, I like that place. I like writing in that place, you know? That's great. I've, I've never considered that as a personal challenge, but now I will. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> you know, you. I mean, a lot of people just maybe just have better taste than I do. But <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might be, you might be like very, very clear. On that. Can you talk about what it was like to be published by Tin House? Who's like everything they publish is amazing. And such a great yeah. press. What they're, was it like working with them? They're great. I mean, I I had like a pretty not great experience with my first book that I think yeah. is, you know, without going into too much detail. And I, I was still, I mean, as you guys know, I think, you know, like just publishing anything on any on any press at any level is like so fucking hard and such a triumph to do that you know and like so I'm I was very great I'm very grateful to have had that experience um and it was you know it was kind of the 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 big press you know the experience that you think about and like going to double day going to the the penguin random house building and all that shit but um you know it, it was just uh I had this I just tell this story about like being I was in the lobby waiting for my editor to come down. Have you, have you, Lindsay, have you been in that? You are, aren't you on uh, Random I, House? Uh, no, my books were on FSG. Oh, okay, right, cool, yeah. cool. But yeah. I, know, I know the feeling that you're talking about. I was just thinking of the picture I had taken of, of me in front of uh, Flannery O'Connor's little plaque at FSG. Oh, okay, yeah, right, cool. Um, yeah, well, you know, the, pen, the Penguin Random House building on like Broadway or whatever, it's like just this fucking cavernous, lobby you know and I was waiting for my uh they buzzed my editor and like I was waiting for him to come down and I saw they have these like sort of electronic kiosks in the front of the build the building these like kind of six foot high kiosks that like sort of rotate and they have like the different books that are coming out and I looked over there and like my the cover of my my book was on there I was like oh wow that'd be fucking cool and then it's like after like five seconds, it switched to something else, right? And like, <laughs> then it switched to something else. And then I was waiting for like five minutes and it was just like this endless. Oh um, yeah. I, and I was like, I, I just distinctly remember this feeling of being like, oh no, like I get, I, now I, I, I understand now. Like I, I, I get what, yeah. 
like what a just stone being thrown into the ocean this is, you know, and um, and so which is to say that uh, Ten House was like the, is like the exact opposite experience, you know, it's very mm -hmm. they do they do you know whatever like 16, 20 books a year or something, mm -hmm. you know, and so like you have basically like a month, you know, which is like you know there were probably like a hundred books on Double Day that came out the same month as mine. You know, and so they're, they're really behind you for a long time. Everybody that works there is great. They're really cool. The art direction is fucking amazing. Like their books are just great looking, mm -hmm. you know, which is mm -hmm. like really, you know, I, I, it's really important to me, like, just cause you see it all the time. And like, if you don't like, if you, if you don't like your, your cover, it sucks. You know, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> your cover, the hotel never sings cover is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I didn't know that it was on Tin House. I got it at the library and I was looking at it and I was like, oh my God, it's Tin House. I'm going to love this book. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. They, that's cool. They, uh, yeah, they, they, they have good taste and they did, they, they do good stuff. They do what they want to do. And they do, they, they, they really, uh, you know, it's like, they, if you feel like you're working with this team of smart people to make like this really cool thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it was like the, the opposite experience. It was just kind of soup to nuts was really like a great, experience you know i was going to ask uh if you if you want to talk about what you've been working on since finishing never sink or kind of what a typical writing day is for you adam how you fit it in with teaching or you know what that what that's been like um well so the <laughs> i'm working on a a new mystery basically um <clears throat> excuse me uh my age i'm waiting to hear back from my agent she has this the the this thing that i wrote that actually i'm like i don't know if it's how good it is really and so <laughs> is that how you always feel or is that is it a new no. feeling okay yeah like no it's not like this yeah I, I guess i'm just being being very honest here but like i yeah i uh i you know I just is I was never certain about this project and like and so I've been waiting to hear from her but in the interim I've written like 180 pages of this new thing that I am sure about so I'm like I'm very excited about it um if she loves the thing that you're not sure about mm -hmm. what's that gonna feel I don't know, like it'll, yeah it'll be a weird it, it would be a weird situation I'm not sure um I think I'm gonna tell her to like shit can it honestly mm. Yeah, like which feels crazy, but <laughs> but you have <laughs> you this know. other thing that you know feels more like you. Yeah, I have this other thing that like the whole time I was writing this thing that she has, I was like just had that you know just that nagging voice where you're like I just like just some part of you knows you know like when you're with someone when you're you know like dating someone and you don't really like them like as much as you should you know what I mean like yeah. <laughs> you know and you're like maybe even like live with them and <laughs> you know, well you know like it's, it's like you, uh -huh, you know, go on <laughs> <laughs> um no you, you know just that 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 horrible feeling of like there's just some like little voice like where you kind of know that you're like lying to yourself on some level mm -hmm. yeah you know, um, it felt like that, mm. um, but which isn't to say that, I mean, maybe she will be like, we should 
do this and then I don't, I don't know, but I think I'm going to be like, let's shelf that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this thing yeah. I'm working on, I, I, I am sure, I am sure about the thing I'm working on. So. And the thing you're working on is the mystery. They're both mysteries. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I've sort of like, I've, I've just since never think I've just gone down that, that road for some reason. In your reading too, yeah. Adam? Um, not especially no. Uh, I mean, I've, I've always read mysteries, but. Who's your favorite, like go-to author or type of book? Mm, I don't know. That's hard to, I don't really, I mean, I have, you can see behind me, maybe there, I went through a very, I went through a Elmore Leonard phase for a long time, but like, oh. I haven't read him in a, in a while. He's, he's just like, you know, reliably kind of good and pleasurable, but. Um, oh yeah. 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 He's, he's kind of great. Um, but there's no, I've been on a big Edith Wharton kick lately. Mm. Like, yeah. And I don't know. I don't really have a, I don't think I have a, a go-to exactly. Mm. Um, yeah. Are you um, trying the uh, Edith Wharton page move with this new one? Are you doing early morning writing and then just throwing the pages or? I just throw you... them on the floor in my, uh, my, uh, your poor no, wife I, yeah no she, she definitely would not would not pick them up <laughs> and um, these are going in the trash i have been doing a thing though where um i i'm so excited about this new book i you know i teach at like 9 30 this semester i sort of teach all day on the days that i'm teaching and so i've been getting up at like four in the morning to write mm. um which is uh which has been really cool i've never done that before and like 25 year old me would like be really horrified by, <laughs> by that. Um, be like, hey man, we're in a band. Come on, man. Fucking nerd. North this. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, there, yeah, I just like getting up at four and having that coffee at like, just everything's completely dark and quiet. And my wife is asleep and the dog's asleep everything's quiet outside no cars and just like have that coffee and I feel like I write really in, like just interesting things at that hour too mm -hmm. kind of like you're um, almost still in your dream state you're a little yeah you're a little bit not like you know you're you're sort of like mundane brain hasn't started working yet you know um, Sarah Levine I was just thinking about her because she has um, I was just thinking about her last book which was Treasure Island with three exclamation points and yeah. um she said that she would have to go all the way up. She used to live in this house with like an attic, an attic space. And she would have to go all the way up to her attic space in the complete darkness and do her writing. Cause it felt like, like there was no chance of anyone looking at her. It was like a, this, this aloneness that made her feel like freer. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I've always, I've always thought that I, I do a lot of writing um, or I used to do a lot of writing in the early morning for that same reason. Cause it's like only your time. Yeah, are you guys uh, <clears throat> morning or night writers? Definitely night. I don't think I've ever written any <laughs> morning. I wake yeah. up early, but it's, I mean, it's for the kids or to go to work. I mean, like tomorrow I'm waking up at three, but I'm going to work. So it's like, God. I can't imagine. I don't know. I It sounds it sounds amazing. It sounds like it would be, yeah, great. But I've always been a night person. Um, so you wake up, coffee, and then are you on a computer? How are you drafting this new one? Yeah, a computer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just like Edith Wharton. Just, just like, like Edith. Yeah, 
toss write, the laptop. I write a page and then I throw the laptop on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you guys are going to put Expensive. I've been yeah. surprised how many writers that we talk to. <laughs> yeah, right. I've yeah. been surprised how many writers we talk to draft longhand. I've been, yeah. actually been shocked at the amount of people we talk Speaking to. Speaking of that. nerds. I know, total seriously. total nurse jesus christ you're a fucking liar <laughs> what are you doing oh you have a pen Ooh. oh wow cool you have, you have a bug of a moleskin cool oh, oh now you you're really your... now you're really getting into things i hate if we're talking about moleskins oh my god uh, oh you go with the graph paper wow <laughs> i know well you know the funny thing about that is the thing that i'm working on right now is like um part of it is a journal it's like first person in like journal form and so i i was like i i've always hated writing longhand i like can't do it but i was like i want to try i want to see if this like is cool to like try like kind of mimetically like writing it the way the character is writing it or whatever just like can't fucking do it but i I did i did try (laughs) it (laughs) yeah you Uh, gave it the old college try i did i gave it a try but my handwriting is also like just egregiously terrible so um yeah that, that's part of the problem but yeah uh, goodness yeah i don't get it. it's like you have a fucking computer like come on i don't know i mean to be fair though i have owned typewriters there's a there was a typewriter repair shop actually not too far from it was in ravenswood Lindsay. yeah you know oh that, like, i think i know what you're talking little, about yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. i think yeah. it was in ravenswood anyway but like you would go in and the guy would almost be angry that you were there to get replacement <laughs> ribbons it's like he was upset that like this motherfucking 25 year old had like a specific request for his Olivetti. Oh, you got an Olivetti? What do you think you're Cormac McCarthy? Like Jesus Christ. And uh, so I think it's important yes. to like be an asshole and go through those phases. Sure. And if you write on a typewriter, I'm not, I am saying you're an asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least but, get uh, like an IBM typewriter. <laughs> yeah. A select, a select, yeah. Like a, yeah, exactly. A, a 300 down, a 300 down electric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I had yeah. I had one of those actually. I had one of those um, for a while. One of the you gotta really mash them. Gotta mash them. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. like no. You know, no shade to however people, whatever people's no, processes. You know, and I think longhand is cool. I just I just can't do it. I I need my brain is like my neural pathways mm-hmm. are just like the way that I write, like I have, I erase stuff all the time, you know, mm-hmm. like I, you try phrasing of a sentence and it like sucks and then you erase it. And then, you know, like I just mm-hmm. don't, yeah, I don't like, and people who like writing longhand are like, well, it forces you to write more like, um, you know, precisely or whatever. Yeah, Scott, McHan- Scott McClanahan writes longhand. Um, yeah. And I feel like that when you read his stuff, it makes sense like yeah it feels like um fit. yeah like it feels immediate in that way and also mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to type <laughs> i think is what he uh, told us crucial detail <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he really is flinging the pages on the ground when he's done i don't know i'm yeah maybe i'm probably just jealous but yeah i don't think i'll ever get to that point or if i do stop me oh i'll stop you yeah I know. <laughs> oh my goodness all right well we've kept adam longer than we keep anyone oh no oh, I'm, this oh, is great yeah. um, I'll, I'll keep talking, you know, another two or three hours, whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, in two or three hours, Alex has to wake up for work. So that's right. true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but also I'm crying for you. Yeah, always. That's me always. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. You got to, 
you gotta you gotta sell that you gotta have like the the fucking uh you know five five house auction higgs and yes oh, hey. yes you know i believe wanted. that sure. is gonna happen oh my god kill me yeah fingers <laughs> crossed right I, yeah, I'm, I'm manifesting that oh my god um, thank you thank you thank you for being on yeah. uh where uh, should people find you yes super fun uh people can find me shit posting on twitter <laughs> and uh yeah i, I have a adamofallonprice.com i i need to i need a i need a whole website upgrade it's a it's a mess the mess you find someone tell us yeah we need a we need a website in general yeah so i know i need like i need some uh need some zoomer like whiz kid to exactly you yeah. know i can't do it i i just yeah i've spent like a month on Squarespace and it's just this pile of garbage. So I don't know. Don't, don't go there if you're listening to this. Don't go to my, don't go to my website. <laughs> okay, just find him on Twitter, okay? Oh, there you go. Find me on Twitter. That's, that's the best place. <laughs> At me. Um, thanks for having me, guys. This is super fun. Yeah, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. That was great. Um, I, we were talking about this earlier, but I just want to reiterate that I, I once again stopped reading a book and picked up a different Mm. book. It just wasn't speaking to me. DM Lindsay and ask her what it is. (laughs) I, I feel so guilty, uh, telling people what it is. So don't DM me and ask me. Um, it it was like very well written, but in a way that annoyed me, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and like I was telling Alex that, and I told Ben this too, who's also listening. Ben's corner. Um, the, a character drinks sleepy time tea and then curls her legs up underneath her. And I feel like that's such a move in like a profile, like a celebrity profile, like in Vanity Fair or something when you're trying to like humanize or like show the girlishness of some pop star or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the normalness of them. And um, I don't know, it's just like a tell. It's a tell yeah. for me. Those kind of like... Uh paint by numbers details or a tell yes yes i think that's, if exactly, you, that's such a good way of putting it i don't know the, i don't remember where i heard this first but it's something that's stuck in my head forever and that i in the little bit of teaching that i have done and hopefully we'll do more of that i always tell students is that you have to dignify your characters in their particularity yeah and that just really really kind of stuck with me because it's so true i mean Okay, do real people drink sleepy time tea? Absolutely. Yeah, I just real, drank some. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do real people put their legs under them when they sit? Yes. But those clearly aren't the details that the reader needs if we can infer them based on something else you've given us. You need to you need to dignify this particular person in in specificity and their particularity. Yeah. It's like you need to do better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And those are the things that I mean. Those are the things I fight against as I'm writing when I feel myself relying too much on that kind of like vagary. Mm-hmm. That's not a word. Yeah. Vagueness. Yeah, vagueness um, word. But is it vagary? Is that, does that mean vague? Sure. <laughs> we just made up a word. See, that's how yeah, we dignify whatever. our it's particularity. Yeah, we don't know. And it's great. Um, but then I started reading, um, Julia finds the upstairs house. Oh yeah. I keep seeing posts about this because it, she's a Chicago writer. Yeah. She is. She is. And, um, and it's one of my favorite things is like when you start reading a book and it establishes its own terms right away. Totally. And so you have to like 
you have to find your way into that. You have to learn how to read it. It teaches you how to read it. And that's, mm-hmm. and I knew I was in good hands. So awesome. that's what I am. That's what I've dropped that book for the upstairs house by Julia Fine. Yeah. I kept seeing pictures of her making the rounds to all the, all the Indies that I haven't been yes. to for the past year. It was really cool that she was able to do that masked, of course, maybe even double masked. Um, maybe. Great cover on that book too. I yes. have not read any of her work, but uh, I'm going to seek that one out for sure. Yes. It's um, I'll bring it to you. Cool. I'll visit you at your, at your workplace oh, and I'll bring it to don't. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to a, an indie bookstore today, uh, Roscoe books. Right. In here in Chicago. And cause uh, my oldest son goes back to school in person school tomorrow. And uh, <clears throat> he's supposed to bring books to read. Oh, and cool. he reads so fast that he, he flew through during quiet time today. He flew through the books that we had for him. <laughs> so we were like, okay, we'll go to the bookstore, which is over by his school and get him a new book. And uh, while I was there, I picked up what we've been talking about with Megan Phillips, the um, Pisces by oh, Melissa yeah, yeah, Broder. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. And then Megan. I, what up, Megan? <laughs> um, and then I got Bunny by Mona Awad. Have you read that yeah. one? I haven't. I haven't. I remember when it popped up the, the title. I love the title so much. I, I want to get and the cover so good. Yeah, I haven't read and either of those books. People tell me to read it all the time, so I was really happy to pick those up. And you know what? My oldest got. He got the graphic novelization of Roald Dolls the Witches. Whoa. And uh, he got that because I pulled it out of the shelf just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know how like when you're playing Uno or Old Maid and you want someone to take the Old Maid so you stick the Old Maid up higher and then they go for it? He wants to be the one to discover the book on the bookshelf, but he's like not, he was like starting to get in his head and like freak out that he couldn't find what he wanted. So while he wasn't looking, I kind of pulled it out. <laughs> and, then he, and then he quote, found it. <laughs> that is beautiful. I can see that. Desperate times. Oh my God. The movie? Hmm horrifying you're talking about the not the not the remake the one with angelica houston totally i didn't know there was a remake the angelica houston one is horrifying Mm -hmm. i watched it again early in the pandemic and was like yeah this is extremely fucked up why Mm -hmm. did i see this when i was looking the kid frozen in the painting yeah yeah and yeah that that always terrified me yeah it's gnarly Speaking of terrifying, uh, my dog had a dream the other night. I'm just, I'm just riffing here. Um, (laughs) It's related. And it was like a really intense dream. So she woke both Ben and I up Mm -hmm. and then I couldn't fall back asleep because I was so terrified that the dude from the hotel never sink was staring at me and was going to start choking me. (laughs) Man. Uh, (laughs) So that really touched me. It really is. Uh, I think it's, we didn't really talk about this with Adam so much, but it's a book that I th- would confidently give to a number of different types of people in my life. Yes, yes. And I think that that's actually something we said about Mike's book last week, but it's definitely true of Adam's book as well. Um, I think there's sections that wouldn't resonate as well with certain people that I would give it to, but I am positive that each of these people I would give it to would have something that they would really love. Um, yeah. And it's that crucial uh, category that we love so much goes down easy. Mm-hmm. It goes Definitely. down easy, but it's so like, so well-written. The, the stuff, the stuff that I think will stick with me the most in like <laughs> 10 years from the book is all the Javits stuff, the hotel detective. Oh my gosh. I loved all that stuff. Um, 
when he goes to speak to Lucy and then he just like willfully turns his mind away. Yes. Incredible. I love, I love seeing like, okay, that character was kind of set up where you would think, okay, he's like a daily runner. He has a routine. And a lot of times, you know, in fiction, sometimes routine will be substituted in or like be a hint to the reader that it's like competence or maybe even like aptitude. Mm -hmm. And really it was like, a ruse with him it's like no actually this is guy this is a guy just with like an exercise routine and he's mm-hmm. completely inept mm-hmm. he's not even doing the job and it's i just i he's love on purpose right he's like yeah. there's that really touching moment where he's remembering how horrible his childhood was and how grateful he is to have such a routine totally and so it's like he protects himself in that way absolutely i and can relate to that in the end he's not inept at all right like in the right. end in the um, end he's not but but for a lot but for of his career, he is. He is. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, maybe some kids go missing. So whatever. Uh, uh, Brush that under the rug. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I love, um, I mean, even as something like, I, I was thinking how fun it would be to write a hotel detective character. Like, how great is that? Yes. that? That would be so fun. Parker said the phrase mall cop to me today. Whoa. He's like, yeah, he's like a Paul mall Blart cop. or what? I was like, how does what, he how know, do you that? know what a mall cop yeah. is? He's like, you know, TV shows. I was like, mall what? Cop. <laughs> okay <laughs> is he the right age to read like uh sideways stories like you read all those books and did you know one just came out last year no i didn't a new one came out last year those were so great i was trying to think so that's kind great. of it's a little bit like the never sink for kids like yes. in that you're hopping around a little bit mm. and it's like there are moments that are like really bizarre and, yeah. and kind of scary yeah and, and funny and no i know i those books are great i read those to him like a couple years ago okay maybe so maybe 18 months ago but then like six seven like how what's the yeah that's when i started reading them to him um i think now he could read them to himself but um he's really into graphic novels so cool um but he told me that in their class they're actually reading the latest sideways stories book oh nice that he's actually already read so yeah head of the curve um did you get any writing done this week i purposely did not oh cool mm-hmm. what did you put in place of the writing i my mother-in-law came to visit um right. she's, she she yes. got hi hi sue she got um fully vaccinated so she was able to come nice drive up here and visit and i felt like you know i spent some time like preparing for that and i also just i i was just like really tired mm. <laughs> i've just been like like really really like physically emotionally and mentally tired so i just was like ah i'm just i think i'm gonna take a break for this week and uh and i did but then i um like i have i have all these ideas now so i can't wait to to have time to go back to it so we'll see what about you awesome nope nothing still nothing um it's starting to feel weird though i i like opened up it's definitely the longest i've gone without writing in 12 or 13 years oh my gosh and it's yeah it's starting to feel weird um but but i have i have like i'm not usually a person who has like um beginnings of stories like just everywhere or like scraps written it's usually like i'll work on it it'll be done move Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. but i do have one like half written story and i opened it up and i kind of looked at it and i was like yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i i think my brain is still um, you and I are talking, you know, I'm still just kind of waiting 
I'm still kind of waiting to hear about where the project I, I was working on and working on is at. Mm-hmm. And I think waiting brain is such like a, a thing um, for oh, all of us who write and it's hard it's paralysis. to paralysis. Like, yeah. It's hard to like kind of jump out of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've just been watching so much hockey, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah Soon enough, good. you'll have your answer. Yes. And you know, whatever's, whatever's good. It'll work out. Maybe. Don't try to be brave with me. I'm not (laughs) clearly I haven't been listening for the past, uh, however long. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not, not trying to be brave. (laughs) I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, did you have anyone to read tonight? Nope. Yeah, me either. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, we had Adam price for on on for a while, so we'll release everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. I'm a Writer Butt is recorded by Alex Higley and me, Lindsay Hunter, in our respective basements. Because there's a pandemic out there, please wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Editing by Lindsay Hunter. Music by Max Loop. He started being like, <laughs> 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 I am.